Hey y'all, welcome to All Truth, No Cap, a podcast for teenagers. Please follow and leave some feedback. And as always, if you have a question or topic you'd like to hear, shoot it my way. And uh, Instagram handle is BenMoreCYP. And then I'm also on Facebook, or if you are a Lighthouse team, you do have my um, number. And uh, you can text me, and I'll be happy to answer any questions you may have. And uh, I know sometimes uh, that you may have follow-up questions, things you may wonder, or just something uh, that you, uh, you've you been thinking about and uh, you'd like to try to find an answer to. We're doing our best to try to answer as many of these questions as we can. And uh, that's where uh, that's where a lot of this uh, the topics have come from, uh, from questions that have been submitted way back when or uh, some follow-up questions that have come about. And that's honestly where this series, uh, these uh, three topics we've talked about the last three weeks now, where those have come into play, Two weeks ago, uh, we talked about uh, depression. We talked about discouragement and uh, the fact that we have uh, we have an opportunity as Christians how we are going to deal with discouragement when it comes our way. Um, there is going to be a time where we're going to be discouraged. Uh, some may be discouraged now. You may have been discouraged within the last week, or you'll be discouraged this week. And it sounds uh, kind of harsh to say it that way, but that's the truth of the matter, um, that uh, discouragement comes to all. We're all susceptible to it. And uh, then uh, we talked about making the choice, the conscious decision, as David did to encourage ourselves in the Lord, not to just encourage ourselves, but to encourage ourselves in the Lord to walk with God the way we should and to allow Him to lift us up. Then last week we talked about loneliness and we talked about the fact that uh, being lonely isn't necessarily a bad thing. Uh, some of us get lonely, uh, so we are so we can get it by ourselves and we kind of begin to stew and we, we allow uh, the devil to ransack our minds and to to ravage our thoughts. And as a result, it becomes uh, we begin to begin to believe the most ridiculous things. Uh, but we looked at three different examples last week in Jacob and Elijah and in Jesus as people who uh, got alone, got alone with God, and God uh, took care of them. God God uh, answered their prayers and uh, got them to a good spot. And so once again, there's nothing necessarily wrong with being alone. Uh, the question is just really, why are you wanting to be alone? Why are you choosing to be alone? So uh, those are the first two topics, uh, discouragement and loneliness. This week, uh, the last in this series of three, uh, is the idea of anxiety. Um, Anxiety is a very common uh, buzzword nowadays, and uh, a lot of people will use it, and uh, whether it's uh, uh, for just basic fears or if it's something that uh, they are actually anxious about. Uh, I don't know all the details. I do know this. Uh, The Bible has a couple specific things to say in regards uh, to anxiety. And uh, as I said with uh, the when we talked about depression, I'm not. I'm in no way saying that it is not a real thing. Uh, I'm in no way saying that it doesn't exist because I do believe it exists. But once again, in a world, uh, an increasingly godless world, we have to, as Christians, we have to learn to apply Christ to every situation. We should go to Him, allow Him to answer, allow Him to solve, allow Him to figure out, and then be willing to trust Him and to go with that. And that's kind of how we're going to look at it today. Kind of like on Wednesday nights when we, I'll put slides on the screen, and very often, or 95% of the time, uh, those slides are straight scripture. Uh, in other words, it's not a whole lot of opinion. And if I do, as I said in the very first podcast here, 
here. If I give him my opinion, I'll tell you this is my opinion. Uh, but I do want you to to learn to study God's word. I want you to learn to uh, search the scriptures. The Bible talks about a group of people called the Bereans who were applauded, who were who were lifted up because they searched the scriptures daily, whether those things be so. And uh, they were not afraid of their Bible. They were not afraid to get into it and check it out, not in a cynical way, uh, but in a way of, uh, that would allow them to uh, apply, allow them to learn, and uh, then therefore uh, it would affect their lives from there. And that's one of those things, uh, you know, with uh, with us, you know, sometimes you think, well, you know what, I'm reading my Bible and I, I just don't feel like I'm, I feel like I'm getting stuff, just not like that, that impactful uh, uh, point or that impactful passage. But if you think of your mind as a strainer, uh, if you had a, a mud-filled or a sand-filled strainer, uh, that strainer is not going to hold any water. But the more water that runs through it, the less dirt is in there. And that's what you have to understand as you read your Bible, that God, God's Word is a living book, and it's going to cleanse you. It's going to purify you. It's going to uh, clear the dirt out. And we must make the decision, though, to sit down and read and allow God to do what he needs to do. Like I said, it won't always, when you sit down, it's not always going to be, man, I've never seen that passage before. But God's cleansing your mind as you read. Like I said, you read through the book of Leviticus, you're not going to have a whole lot of wow moments because it's Leviticus. And uh, there's a couple other books that can be very, very heavy like that. First Chronicles is full of genealogy after genealogy after genealogy. But the Bible says that God gave us his entire word for a reason. And so allow God to, or as you read it, allow God to do what he needs to do in your life to cleanse you and to purify you. But as like I said, as we're going to look this week at uh, uh, anxiety and uh, what it means to, first of all, what it means to be anxious and then kind of, kind of look at uh, what the scripture has to say. Just for sake of doing it, I looked up two definitions, uh, this basic definitions. I'm not a psychiatrist in any way or psychologist, uh, but I did find two definitions online that I think are, are uh, I think, very exemplary of what we're talking talking about, and uh, it, I think we can use it as we go through these passages here. But anxiety is defined as a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. That's one definition there. It's worry, nervousness, and unease about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. The other one is this, and this is from a psychiatry, uh, not a manual, but a psychiatry magazine type thing. It's a nervous disorder characterized by a state of excessive uneasiness and apprehension, typically with compulsive behavior or panic attacks. And once again, you'll hear a lot of buzzwords in, in, when we, uh, what well, you did when we talked about discouragement and when we talked last week about loneliness and then this week about anxiety, the same thing. But we see, uh, I'll use that first definition. We'll kind of look at that and then look at some scripture that goes along with it. This is a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. As I began to read that and obviously study for uh, this podcast, uh, my mind went to that passage that I referenced last week that we would get to in regards to um, this this particular topic. Uh, we looked at uh, Philippians chapter 4 last week with the, the verse that talked about whatsoever things are true, honest, lovely, of good report, pure, all that uh, with controlling our mind. But a couple of verses before that, I want you to see something in uh, Philippians chapter 4. The Bible says in verse 6, it says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Be careful for nothing. 
In other words, be full of care for nothing. Now, that doesn't mean I don't care about anything, but what it means is if you look that word careful up, it's referring to a worry. Uh, don't worry about the things that you can't control. You know, far too often we spend time worrying about things that, uh, A, we're not in control of. I mean, if you look back at that definition, a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, typically about an imminent event, something that hasn't happened yet and we're in no control of, or something with an uncertain outcome. Once again, something we're not in control of. All we can do is control us. And that's when we do what we're supposed to do, and I act the way I'm supposed to act, and I function the way I'm supposed to function, then I allow God to deal with the rest. You see, I can't control anything other than me. I can control no one other than me. But the devil's a master at getting us to worry about everything else, and we're so concerned about this and so concerned about that. And once again, I'm not saying that there's, uh, you know, that there's not an anxiousness. You know, you think I'm getting up, I'm getting ready to speak, or I'm getting in, in public, or I'm getting ready to do this. There's always going to be a nervousness there. But the idea of living a life full of care, as Philippians says, a life full of care, a life full of anxiety and worry, that's not how the Christian should live. He says, be careful for nothing, but in everything, in everything, everything means all, everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. I looked it up just for, I guess, for fun, for for this podcast. Uh, There are 400 um, certified phobias in this uh, in psychi- psychiatry a phobia is a, a fear and uh, once again some fears are natural any any of the lighthouse teens could tell you uh, i have uh, really one uh, one major fear uh, my biggest fear is water and i don't know why i have that fear i've tried to look back and think you know sometimes maybe this traumatic event or i almost drowned and i don't have anything like that i just for whatever reason i can't i can't get past that and uh, we've tried in our pool here at home you know try to you know i just uh, when i have water that covers both ears uh, i start to panic it's almost almost like a claustrophobia like a closed space uh, but it closes in and i start to fear and it's not a good fear you know the bible says uh, that god has not given us the spirit of fear um, and so in turn as a christian like i said there, there's nothing uh, uh, in, inherently wrong with a, a temporary fear. You know, uh, like I said, you know, there are certain things, you know, uh, I, I will fear, uh, you know, uh, in some cases, the uncertainty of life. You think, wait a second, that's exactly what you're talking about. Right. But it's once again, at that point, I'm left with a decision. What am I going to do? Am I going to live in fear? Am I going to allow fear to dictate what I do? Or am I going to trust God who says, be careful for nothing, who says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, and at that point decide, hey, you know what? I'm going to allow him to care for this. I'm going to continue doing what I'm supposed to do. Now, that doesn't mean, once again, that doesn't mean I do stupid things. It doesn't mean, you know what? Uh, I'm God's in control and step out in front of an 18-wheeler because at that point my stupidity would reign and I'd be dead. What you have to understand in regards to uh, this anxiety is it's choosing to live in that fear. Like we said with that definition, an imminent event, something I'm not in control of, is something that's it's going to happen one way or the other. It's trusting God, saying, God, you know what? I, I don't I don't know what's going to happen. I've done all that I can do. I've prepared in all any way that I can. But ultimately, you're going to have to care for this. It's going to have to be you that does this. Then the second part there, um, something with an uncertain outcome. I don't know how it's going to turn out. 
I'm going to do what I can, but I can't control this person. I can't control that person. But it's choosing to not live with that care or that anxiety or that anxiousness or that fear, whatever you want to call it. It's choosing to not live with that. The second definition gets a little more um, psychiatric, if I can say it that way. Um, There are... um, and once again, I'm not a psychiatrist, so I'm not going to dive into it all, but just a couple of things that I noticed as I read the defin- definition, I thought, hmm, I'm going I'm to bring that up. I just, I just want to uh, kind of get your mind thinking. And uh, like I said, the, the goal here is not uh, that you know what I think. My goal is for you to hear verses from God's word, to hear scripture and think, you know what? That makes sense and allow God to work. You see, I can't change you. Your parents can't change you. Your pastor can't change you. Only God can change you. And so you have to make the conscious decision to get into his word, to walk with him the way you should. No one else can make you do that. But there's got to come a point for each and every one of you, no matter how old you are listening to this podcast, to decide, you know what, this is what's right, and this is what I'm going to do. But that second definition says, a nervous disorder characterized by a state of excessive uneasiness and apprehension. Well, that's kind of what we just looked at with the previous definition. It said uneasiness or an apprehension. It's a fear. It's I'm not sure. It's the unknown. What am I going to do? Well, uh, to me, as a Christian, you step aside, open God's word, and follow the principles that he gives. He's not going to give an exact answer to everything. You know, you think, well, uh, all right, God, I've come to this stop sign. Should I turn left or right? Well, no, he gives you principles in his word. In other words, if you're trying to get somewhere, then you make the proper turn. You know, far too often we uh, we attribute, um, I think, falsehoods to God in regards to the idea that, well, you know what, it, it, the Bible says he's going to guide each step I take. And so, all right, God, right or left. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is you make major decisions in your life saying, okay, God, uh, what should I do here And following his words? Is it unbiblical? Then don't do it. It Could it lead you to an unbiblical place? then don't do it. You know, far too often we try to uh, explain it away or we try to logic it and we think, well, this makes sense or that makes sense. And that's completely irrelevant because we know exactly what we're doing and we know it is wrong. But as I digress, as I do sometimes, getting off topic, but um, the defini- back to the definition here, it says excessive uneasiness and apprehension. You know, there's going to come a time in each and every one of our lives where we are, we do have fear. We do have things uh, that we're not sure about. I wrote down the verse uh, from Psalm chapter um, 23. The Bible says, uh, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You know, I've told you before, if you're a lighthouse teen, you've heard me talk about this uh, on a Wednesday night, I think uh, maybe a couple months ago. But I, as you read that verse, I think a lot of times that's attributed to death. You know, when I when it comes time to cross that river, I don't think that's what it's referring to. Because it says the valley of the shadow of death. A shadow is not the real thing, unless you're Peter Pan, of course, but that's beside the point. Uh, but a shadow is not the real thing. A shadow is very similar to it. A shadow may uh, make us feel that that's, that that's the end goal or that's the end game. But a shadow is not that. And he says here, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, though I walk through a time where maybe death would be an easy out, or maybe I feel like I'm going to die, or, or, may, or maybe I feel like I might be better off that way, he says, I will fear no evil. No matter what comes against me, no matter what attacks come, no matter uh, who comes and charges against me and fights against me, 
The Bible is very clear in the New Testament, the book of Ephesians, uh, that the devil is a roaring lion. He's out to destroy you and out to destroy me, and he's going to do that in any way he can. He's not going to come in an all-out physical attack, but he'll send fears. He'll send anxiety. He'll send things to you to see if you're going to stand or if you're going to collapse under the pressure. And that's why we looked at that verse in Philippians that he says, be careful for nothing. Be anxious about nothing. Why? Because God's in control. You know, there are a couple other verses in the Bible uh, that, where the Bible says, uh, specifically, it says, I will not fear what man can do unto me. You know, man man is a master at fear. Uh, people play off of fears. You think that's a reason uh, the uh, the horror film industry is so is so uh, per, are so dominant. They make so much money because people like that thrill of being scared. But ultimately, when it comes to uh, the spiritual warfare, it comes to the spiritual attacks of Satan, we can't afford to live in fear. We can't afford to allow that uh, anxiety or allow that care to destroy uh, what God's trying to build inside of us. You know, I wrote down a passage here, and I, I, don't, I didn't put down the reference. I just wrote down the story here in my notes because uh, it, it just came to mind. Um, there's a story about Elisha and his servant. I think it was still Gehazi at this point, uh, but I don't think the Bible references uh, the servant's name, but the Bible says that uh, the king of Midian, or the, if you remember the story, the uh, Midianites were going to uh, to fight, and each time Elisha would tell the Israelite king, okay, here's what they're going to be, here's what they're going to do, and uh, they, he was one step ahead of them, and so this king of Midian came uh, against uh, Elisha, basically to to eliminate this advantage that Israel had, and he was going to kill Elisha, and the Bible says that, uh, that, that the servant woke up in the morning and looked out, and the Bible says that he looked out and saw uh, all the Midianites surrounding Elisha's house, and he had great fear. I mean, you think of your own life, you know, you wake up in the morning and you got this going and you got that going and you're not sure what's going to happen here. As the, the definition said, imminent events and uh, uh, uncertain outcomes and what am I going to do and apprehension. And But Elisha said, Elisha came over and looked and you can imagine the panic and the servant, Elisha, look, look, look. And Elisha said, you know what, God opened his eyes. And the Bible says, then the servant looked out again and behind the uh, army of Midian, there was an army of angels standing right outside that and helping him realize, you know what, despite the apprehension, despite the uh, imminent event, despite the uh, uncertain outcomes, we can still live in victory. And far too often we allow those things to control us, and that's where anxiety comes from. As I said, I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm not saying it's not real at all. What I'm saying is, is as a Christian, my choice should be to live in victory, the victory that God's given to me. It's not anything that I've done. It's all Him. When I was a kid, we used to sing a song. Uh, song, The words went like this. It said, why worry when you can pray? Trust Jesus, He'll be your stay. Don't be a doubting Thomas. Trust fully in his promise. Why worry, 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 worry when you can pray? You see, teenager, you live in a very uh, anxious world, for lack of a better way to put it. But as a Christian, you cannot afford to succumb to that anxiety. You cannot afford to succumb to that fear or to the, uh, the, the fear of what may happen or the fear of uh, what man can do. You've got to live in victory of knowing, you know what, I serve the true God. I serve the living God. And it doesn't matter what comes against me. It doesn't matter who attacks. It doesn't matter. As long as I know that I'm right with him and I keep myself right with him and I have a relationship with him the way that I should, I have nothing to fear. That's not to say that uh, problems aren't going to happen, but it is to say I can live in fear. I don't have to live in an anxious state. I don't have to live in anxiety. Why? Because as Paul said, I don't have to be careful for anything. I don't have to be, I can live a carefree life 
because I know my God is in control. When I begin to live anxiously, I begin to think that I'm in control and that I, I am the be-all and the end-all. But understand, God's in control. Learn to trust Him. Learn to allow Him to be in control of your emotions and in control of your mind. When you do, you'll be, as that second verse said, the peace of God, the peace that passes all understanding, that will dwell in you. But that only comes when I choose to dwell in Him. I choose to allow my relationship with Him to navigate each decision that I make. Well, I hope it's been a help to you. Uh, these last three lessons, like I said, kind of a hot button issues uh, with some different things. And uh, I hope it's been a help. Like I said, if you have maybe follow up questions, things like that, shoot it my way, whether through Instagram or through Facebook or through text and uh, shoot me some more questions. You know, I'm uh, each each day I get a couple here and there and I try to combine them together as much as I can. Uh, but I want to be a help. Uh, my goal is to, to help you navigate the world that you're in. So until next week, uh, we will see you all later.